Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. Thanks for tuning in this week. You know, we're going to gather around the radio campfire here and we're going to talk about a way that you can grow your business because we could just sit here and try and sell you stuff and fill the air with a bunch of nonsense, but that's not what this show is all about. We're here to help you grow and we've got smart people standing by ready to teach you this week. We're talking about two things this week. One, we're going to talk about where is all of this thing going? Like, when your small business is done, what are you going to do with it? Are you just going to close it? Are you going to try and sell it? Are you going to have a business partner or a kid take it over? Exit planning is something that at some point we need to do if we want to make any money at the end. We're going to bring back Kylie Peters to talk to us about how to improve your business valuation and how to think about exiting from your small business. We are also going to talk with Hallie Brook. Now, Hallie's been on the show several times. She's one of our speakers at the Idea Collective Conference in November. She's fantastic. And she's going to talk to us about something that's pretty darn evil. Straight up evil. Have you ever noticed that as you get busier and busier, you become less effective? She's going to talk to us about over-scheduling and how over-scheduling can actually lead to less productivity. So Kylie and Hallie, they're standing by. But first, I've got a big announcement. Not a little announcement, not a medium-sized announcement. I'm talking a Venti Trent uh, big old announcement to make. So as you know, the radio show is here to serve you every week, and we appreciate you tuning in. And we also have our online community, the Idea Collective, where you can come work and collaborate with other small business owners to grow. You know about that stuff. You know about the Idea Collective conference in November that we just announced with Marcus Limonis as our keynote speaker. But today, I get to announce something completely new, brand new. We are going to host a new event in Chicago in August. Now, I'm going to tell you who the keynote speaker is because we get to spend the entire afternoon with them and it's going to blow minds. But before we talk about what the event is, I want to talk about why we're doing it and why we need to do events for small business owners like you. Events are great because they underscore my vision for small business in the United States. And that is, for some reason, 
we were told that small business owners like us need to behave like big businesses. We need to go out. We need to get rich people to give us money. We need to have cutthroat competition and beat the other guy. And hopefully there'll be enough left over in the bank account for us when we're done. That's not how I look at it. My founding premise, and you've heard me say this a long time, is I believe that small businesses should not work independently. In fact, we have the opportunity to do collaboration over competition. That's why our tagline is, it's your dream, don't grow it alone. And that phrase, don't grow it alone, has really guided my decisions from building the community to building the radio show to building this brand new event. So with that as the founding premise, how could we do a one-day event that brings together like-minded entrepreneurs that are ready to collaborate with one another, not compete, that are ready to learn what they need to know, that are ready to support others, and then have the courage to ask for support when they need it? Because if you see some of the other events that are out there uh, for small business owners, they're glorified networking events or they're glorified sales pitches. That's not what we're going to do. In fact, I'm so dissatisfied with the way many small business events are run. And I'm so dissatisfied with the way that we're being told to behave as entrepreneurs that I kind of embraced that energy with the name. I embrace that don't grow it alone energy with the name and how we need to change the status quo for small business owners. The event is called the Idea Collective's Small Business Rebellion. Yeah, the rebellion. I am ready to lead one-day events all around the country where we bring together like-minded small business owners and we rebel against the idea that we must compete with each other. You win, I lose. That's not how it should be. We're rebelling against the idea that it's okay if half of us fail by year five, according to the SBA. Apparently, it's okay. Everyone must think it's okay, because have you ever heard a story about the national crisis of small business owners failing? No. No one cares. No one cares about your small business. That's not how it should be. So what would happen if we filled a room with small business owners ready to embrace Don't Grow It Alone, to learn from really smart people, and to change the outcomes for small business owners? That's why it's the small business rebellion. So what's going to happen? Who do you got? What's going to be on this one day? Well, our keynote speaker is someone who I think has cracked the code on fulfillment and cash flow for small business owners. So at Small Business Rebellion Chicago, our keynote speaker, Mike McCallowitz, the best-selling author for Profit First. And Mike He gets it. He knows what I'm trying to build. So when we talked with Mike, he's bringing the goods. Mike's not going to do his 45-minute keynote and walk out the door. Uh Uh-uh. Mike is going to collaborate with us all day. He's going to start the day with us with a VIP keynote lunch where all of the VIPs get in a room with him and ask him anything. 
Then he's going to roll into the main stage and not do one keynote. He's going to do two keynotes. One, on an amazing way to improve your memory. And two, the full-blown Profit First keynote address. You think he's done? Not done. Then he's going to do a live Q&A in front of everyone. And then a book signing. And that's just half the day. The other half the day, we're filling with keynote speakers and workshops as well, and we're not revealing that portion of the day until the tickets go on sale on June 26th. This one-day event, Small Business Rebellion Chicago, featuring Mike Michalowicz from Profit First, is made possible by Relay Bank, the official bank of Profit First. This triangle of teamwork between Relay and Mike Michalowicz and us here at the Idea Collective, it's going to enable us to build the template for these live in-person events that we're going to bring all around the country. Because I don't know about you, I'm not okay with half of you failing. I'm not okay with people treating us as just a revenue source, but they don't invest themselves in our success. I'm not okay with calling a small business event networking and not really caring if real relationships are built. I'm not okay with any of that. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to change it. That's the small business rebellion concept. The date, August 19th in Chicago. All of the details are up at smallbusinessrebellion.com. That is small businessrebellion.com. You can also find it at patmillershow.com. I could not be more excited to create, host, and bring these events not only to Chicago, but eventually all around the country. And if this resonates with you, get on a plane, join the rebellion, and change the outcomes for small business owners all around the country. All right, what can you do today? check out our show. Hallie Brooke and Kylie Peters, they are both standing by. We're talking about exit planning for your business with Kylie, and we're going to talk about how we're overscheduled. We're overwhelmed. We've got too much going on and we're not effective. We will have that conversation with Hallie Brooke from Live Nourished Coaching in just a few moments. I'm Pat Miller, The Idea Coach. I appreciate you tuning in. Let's get the show on the road. We'll talk with Hallie next. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I developed strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invest in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now. Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. 
Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's small business conversation. You're a small business owner, right? So you're going to say yes to the next question, I guarantee. Are you really, really busy? Well, of course you are. We're all busy. But bad things can happen when you go beyond busy and get to overscheduled. When you're overscheduled and you're running too far, too fast, you can have too much stress, you can get too much fatigue, and that can lead to bad business decisions. So when it comes to taking care of you, the entrepreneur, you know who I turn to. Hallie Brook, founder and CEO of Live Nourish Coaching, is back with us on the Pat Miller Show. Hallie, thanks for joining us again. How are you today? I'm awesome. Pat, it's always so fun to be with you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're here. And we're going to talk about being overscheduled. And when we first brought up this topic, I'm like, huh, what is the health and wellness entrepreneur person going to talk to us about overscheduled for? But being overscheduled can lead to bad health outcomes, right? Yeah, both bad health outcomes and bad business outcomes. So the CDC, whatever we think of it, now ranks chronic stress as more dangerous than smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Yeah, which is pretty heavy. And for, I think, most business owners that I talk to, when I say, how are you doing? They go, stressed. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not only damaging your health to the level of smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, It's also damaging your business because you're not able to focus on the things that really, truly matter. And so it's a double detrimental whammy that if we can flip the script and do something different, we can be healthier and happier and have a more productive, successful business. How do we end up being so overscheduled? What gets us to that place? Yeah, I think there's three things. The first thing I think as entrepreneurs, we have a chronic tendency to think that busy equals productive which is entirely untrue. Busy and productive are not the same thing. But so many entrepreneurs I know, we value busy. So part of it is a mindset. Part of it is there are just a lot of things to do. In a small business, you are not just wearing one hat, you're wearing six. And so there are like significant legitimate things that you need to get done in order to move the ship forward. And problem number three is we as a culture and society are uncomfortable in saying no. So we say yes to way too many things. We have too many things on our plate already. And then we say yes to all of the good things. And now we don't have time for the actual things that keep us healthy, wealthy, and productive. So we're making a lot of decisions, but not the right decisions. And we need to say no more often. So that is kind of uncomfortable. You don't want to tell people no, but we have to learn that as a skill. So how can we be better at telling people no? Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is get really clear on what you are working on quarter by quarter. So as a business, if you are explicitly working on, you know, growth and marketing, you are going to meet with people. You're going to say yes to people who align with growth and marketing for your business. And you are going to say no to everybody else, even if they're a good idea. Um, you're going to say no to networking groups that are not in alignment with, myth- with that. You're going to say no to one-to-ones that are not in alignment with that. You're going to say no to meetings. You're going to say no to everything that is not in alignment with your goal. And you're going to do it kindly. You're going to say, hey, it would be awesome to meet with you. I would love to meet with you, but I'm scheduled out right now until mid-March because I'm focusing on this really specific piece of my business. And so I need to say no for the next four months. Would you like to meet with me four months from now? 
We're talking with Hallie Brook, the founder and CEO of Live Nourished Coaching. We're talking about becoming overscheduled, which for many of us, we just wake up one day and realize, oh my gosh, I'm completely underwater. So saying no doesn't feel great, but the way that you explained it helps me a little bit. But we have to know again what to say yes to and what to say no to. So you talked about that a little bit. Is there a decision tree so we know which one's the right one and which one's not the right one? Yes, there is a decision tree. So the first thing you want to say is you want to say, okay, what is my focus right now? And does this person align specifically with that focus? Like that's a super easy yes or no. Then you go down that train and you say, is this someone who I can see being a really positive strategic partnership now? Or is this someone who I can see being a really strategic partnership in the future? If you answered no to question one, you're either saying no to them or you're pushing them. If you answered yes to question one, yes, this is someone who is in line with what I'm focusing on right now. Then we ask ourselves, is this a now or a later? If it's a now, then you schedule them. If it's a later, then you say, hey, I'm focusing on this right now. I would love to meet with you later. And you move them later. Um, it's sort of an art form. You know, like you don't always know. Sometimes <laughs> you have that one meeting that you didn't think was going to be great. And it was absolutely mind blowing. And that becomes, you know, your absolute best business associate. But for the most part, if we look back and we can look back at our patterns, we can see who was a good yes and who was a good no. And we can kind of start to tease that out. Okay. So if you walk into my schedule presently, it would look like my teenager's bedroom. <laughs> Stuff everywhere. Yeah. So help me clean my schedule. How would we go about reorganizing our schedule to stop being so overscheduled? What would you have me do? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I would say to do is what are your priorities? And this is you're doing this work, not looking at your calendar. You're saying, what am I working on right now? And I like to go quarter by quarter because I think it's easier. So in quarter two, what am I focusing on? Then you're going to go look at your calendar and you're going to look at everything that's on that calendar. And if it is not related to your focus project in quarter two, you're either going to cancel it or you're going to move it. And then the third thing that you're going to do, um, this comes from the 12-week year, which is brilliant, but there's three types of blocks. So there's the focus block, the buffer block, and the breakout block. The focus block, I think, is the most important block. And that's where as entrepreneurs, we get those big projects done. That's where we're doing professional development. We're really moving the needle forward. And in your schedule, you need at least one a week. And that's a three-hour block of time that no one can touch. And you protect that like it's your firstborn child. Like when someone's like, hey, I would like to meet on Monday. And you go, Monday's my focus block. You say, no, sorry, I can meet three weeks from now. So step one, figure out what you're focusing on. Step two, delete or reschedule everything in your calendar for the next three months that are not directly related to that. Step four, put a focus block in your calendar. I personally have two in my calendar right now. And it's not that I'm not busy, but that is three hours of time that I am sitting at my desk focusing on one thing. And then um, step four is I would say build in an hour to two hours a week of what I call white space. And white space is your yes space. So that's when you do meet someone at a networking event and you go, oh man, this is someone that I need to meet now. You actually have time to say yes to that person. It's a great way of thinking about it. And just to bring it home, if we're not overscheduled, we won't rush through the drive through for lunch or skip our workout at the end of the day. That's part of your evil. I mean, this is part of your master plan. Is that right? That is part of my master plan. 
Yeah. If you are not overscheduled, you're able to stop when it's time to stop and take care of yourself. You're able to say, I'm out of the office at five and my workout starts at 5.15. If you're overscheduled, you've been trying to fit emails and all these things in. And so five o'clock rolls around and you still have two hours of work that you probably legitimately have to get done. And so, yeah, you're not exercising. You're not taking care of your family. You're not meal prepping because that was your dinner making time and your health falls apart. And when your health falls apart, you can't run your business. I got to tell you, my most productive hour is the hour right before I go to the gym because it's like, well, you know, I got to keep going. I'm in the groove. I can't, you know, yep. it's it's a thing that I do. It's it's not a good habit, but these are great reminders for us not to get overscheduled. Hallie Brook, founder and CEO, Live Nourish Coaching. Thanks for coming out again on the Pat Miller Show. Pat, thank you for having me. It is absolutely a joy. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. Developing your business is a journey, so make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- 310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And think about it. You hear on this show and all the other places where you get your business information, lots of interviews and content about how to grow your business and make more money and all of that. But you don't hear today's topic frequently enough. What are you going to do at the end of your business? How does your business end and how do you exit? This is why we're going to talk about it today with Kylie Peters. Excited to welcome her back to the show. If you missed the last time she was on the Pat Miller Show, she's the founder and small business strategist for Rain 9. Excited to have her back. 
Kylie, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Pat. What we're going to talk about today is something that isn't talked about enough. Exit planning. As small business owners, do we think about exit planning enough? No. And it's a common misconception, too, in terms of small business. Um, a lot of small business owners get into business, and we call them, quote unquote, accidental owners, right? Like we're most small business owners are accidental owners. We have a skill. We start doing the thing that we know how to do. We hope somebody will pay us to do the thing so that we can pay our bills. And look at me where I'm running a small business. But so many people don't think about, well, what happens when I don't want to run this business anymore? And so many people are so excited about just getting it up and running that they never think about the exit. But that's a big mistake because it's part of your business strategy. It really is. And it's something that you should really be thinking about from day one. So we actually just did a study. We did a study of hundreds of women small businesses, business owners, and unfortunately found that only 17% of the respondents said that they were confident in having a business exit strategy. So only 17%. Now, many of them said that they weren't ready to exit anytime soon, which is fine. But even some people, like some businesses, you need to be planning five years in advance. For example, in terms of the way the current law is structured, if you're a C-Corp and you exit after five, like you held the C-Corp for over five years, you are um, you are omitted from capital gains taxes. So if you're wow. thinking of silly, that's, that could be millions of dollars. <laughs> it yeah. could be. Now, that's the way it's currently written. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? But the way it's currently written. So that's that's serious planning that people are missing out on. So one of the things that I think people need to think about here is what it looks like to exit. You know, so many people are like, oh, well, I just have a small business and uh, nobody's going to pay me for this. It's not worth anything. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at what is of value. It sounds overwhelming to think about exit while we're trying to build the business we're currently running, especially years in advance. So are we thinking about how to get the most money at the end? Is that what you mean by exit planning? No, not necessarily. And that's a great question, Pat, because so many people think that way. And not that that's wrong, but that's not the only thing to think about, right? People exit for a lot of different reasons. And there's a number of things we need to think through when it comes to planning for the exit of your business. Now, keep in mind, the exit of your business might be uh, from a death in the family. Might You might have gotten in an accident. You might become really ill. You might have gotten divorced. You might just be sick of running the business. Uh, you might be dying. Like there's a lot of things that happen, right? And somehow the business needs to wind up. Either it continues or it doesn't. So a few things to think about are when you want this exit to happen, right? Like is this, is this six months, 12 months? Is this five years? Is it 10, 20, 30 years? Do you want to build a company that lasts for hundreds of years? That, that's, for, that's a succession plan. You need a succession plan in order for that to happen, right? Who do you want involved, right? Do you want to keep running it? At some point, we are mortal for the most part, right? Uh, some people might have other feelings about that, but uh, at some point, we're not going to be here anymore. So who's going to replace you? Are you replaceable? You want to make yourself replaceable. And, and who, in terms of your team, do you need to be getting up and running and and the management team and and all of those things right like the who is really a big part and and that actually is um something that tends to be one of the things that people are most focused on when exiting you know especially any owner that's like very people centric they always want to make sure okay well if i'm going to leave i want to make sure my team is taken care of 
And the who is also important in terms of who do you think would potentially buy you, you know, if, if that's the exit that you want. And there's, again, different ways that you can exit. And there's a lot of things to consider. We're talking with Kylie Peters, founder and small business strategist for Rain 9. You mentioned when something might happen and who uh, might take over the business. But I, I was curious about selling the business, but you're saying there are other types of outcomes than just selling it. What are some of the other outcomes that might be available? Yeah. So there's a lot of different outs- outcomes in terms of exiting your business. So um, sometimes it's intergenerational transfers, right? We've got mom or dad who's been running the business forever. They're looking to retire. They want to hand it down to their son or daughter or niece or nephew or whoever, right? So you've got intergenerational transfers. Um, You have potential sale to a potential buyer, I'm sorry, a potential partner. So you've got a a co-founders, one wants out, one doesn't want out, right? So what does that potential look like? You also have um, an ESOP, a sale to employees. So if you're not looking to do a third-party sale, which is also an option, right? Um, And you want to keep it internal, you've got an ESOP, you can sell it to your employees and set up um, shares. Now, most people are familiar with when it comes to exiting and selling your business, a third-party outside experience. Uh, outside external party, which is very common or one of the most common. And then you also have different recapitalization. So you could do a major recapitalization or a minor recapitalization. If you still want to own a piece of the company, that's an option. But now you sell a big chunk of it to somebody else and you cash out, you get your payday, but you also get a little bit of the upside, assuming that they're going to build it bigger and better and you don't have to be in charge of all all of the building of the biggers and the betters. Um, and then, you know, there's also different things in terms of, you know, an asset sale or liquidation. Um, and that doesn't necessarily just have to be for uh, businesses that have like very tangible capital, right? So if you're in manufacturing or any business that has like things that you can physically touch, those all have value. So that's a, a potential asset liquidation. But also to the businesses that don't have those things. So anybody like operating a consulting business or anything like that, you probably also have assets, intellectual property assets or branding assets or um, organizational assets that are also of value. So there's different types of asset liquidation um, in terms of, you know, how, how you might exit. And then there's always different creative ways to go about it. Because ultimately, it ends up really boiling down to what do you as the owner want out of the company? And what do you want for the future of the company? Who do you want to be part of the future of the company? How do you want to go about it? And then really why? You know, if you are thinking about a sale, know that a potential buyer is going to ask you why you're exiting. If the answer is, well, my company is going down the tubes and I want to get out before (laughs) it happens, that's going to be a hard sell. (laughs) Like not impossible, but that's going to be tricky, right? But if the answer is, I just don't love the work anymore. I've built a great thing and I love it and I love the team, but I just don't want to do the work. Okay. And that's a, that's a very real thing. You were cruising along on your weekend, having a nice little afternoon. And now we've got you thinking about exiting your business and all the different ways that you can do it from protecting your IP to ESOPs, to partners, to you name it. Now we've got you thinking. But the most options will come for you when you're clear on what you want it to be 
and you build the value as high as you can. We're going to have Kylie hang around because we're going to talk about how you can build the value of the business to give you the most options in the future when you're ready to exit. Don't go anywhere. Kylie Peters from Rain 9 is sticking with us. We'll continue the conversation coming up next on The Pat Miller Show. We're back with Kylie in just a few moments, but I want to share again the big announcement we made earlier in the program. If you're just joining us, we are launching a new event that's happening in Chicago on August 19th, and it's going to be awesome. The event is called the Idea Collective's Small Business Rebellion. The Small Business Rebellion. We are rebelling against the idea and the status quo that says it's okay if half of the small business owners in the country fail by year five. That's a real SBA stat, by the way. It's okay if most small business events are just glorified networking and no real relationships are made. And it's okay if we tell all the small business owners that you must have cutthroat competition and you can never collaborate with one another. None of those things are okay. We're rebelling against that status quo. And together, you and me, together, we're going to change it. So at the Small Business Rebellion event in Chicago, we're going to get together for one day of incredible keynotes and workshops and relationship building. And our headliner, Mike McCallowitz, the author of Profit First, is with us for an entire half day. A VIP lunch, two different keynotes, a Q&A, a book signing, and much more. Learn all about the rebellion at smallbusinessrebellion.com. That's small businessrebellion.com. The limited number of tickets go on sale on June 26th, and we need you to attend. Learn more, smallbusinessrebellion.com. We've got more with Kylie Peters. We'll check in with her next on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? It's live events. Owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field. That's where Bankable Events comes into play. Bankable Events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events. With more than 4,000 live events under their belt, they have the expertise to design face-to-face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits. The minute you partner with Bankable Events, they'll start creating a custom strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303-550-1123 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1,000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's Small Business Conversation, and we are having a big picture discussion this afternoon. We are talking about exiting our business. It's something we don't think about nearly enough, and earlier Kylie shared a stat that 
hardly any of us are thinking about it in the way that we should. So we talked about the different ways that we can exit, but now we want to talk about how we can build the value. So welcome back, Kylie Peters, founder and small business strategist at Rain 9 So Kylie, let's continue the conversation. We want to have the biggest pie at the end when it's time to exit. How do we build value in the business while we're still operating it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great question, Pat. And so many people, um, you know, don't think about it. So, and it's something that we need to think about early on, right? So we talked about there's a lot of different potential ways you can exit. And if a sale is one of those things that you decide as the owner is the right path for you, you want to make sure that you are putting your best foot forward and you're, you're putting the most enticing Big pie, as as you mentioned, Pat, uh, <laughs> put the biggest pie forward, right? Now everybody's hungry. Um, mm. But it takes time. It takes time to build. And you also want to make sure as the owner, um, here's a fun stat, uh, 80% of an owner's wealth is typically tied up in their business. So if you're not planning on exiting and you're not planning on taking money out of your business, you better be figuring out how to take the money out before you exit. But for those who are looking to exit and looking for a potential sale, there's a couple of different things. There's there's a lot of different things that you can do to increase the value of your business. But we'll just touch on a couple of them right now. Um, first, operational infrastructure. So for anybody who is still repeating themselves, doing things, the same thing over and over and over and over again, please stop. Please stop. <laughs> and you'll thank me in the long run. Uh, it's probably going to be a pain in the butt trying to get it uh, out of your head and document it, but put into place systems and processes and document what those are, right? So step one is create systems and processes and operational infrastructure. Invest in the technologies that you think are necessary to help increase the operational flow of your business. And then two is document it right? Uh, I can't, I, you know, I'm, I'm not here pointing fingers to anybody because I'm guilty of this myself. I have so much still stuck up in my brain. My team keeps asking me to get it out and hand it over to them. So I'm working on it. Um, but that's something that I say to all small business owners as well. Get it out of your brain, document the process, the whole, if so-and-so got hit by a bus, what would happen? Well, you're trying to hit by the bus proof your business, right? You don't want any <laughs> any member of your business, yourself included, to get hit by a bus and now your business can't process, like it can't keep going, right? So you want to get all of those standard operating procedures documented so that your business can operate like a well-oiled machine. And if anybody gets hit by a bus, hopefully nobody does, but if anybody does, then we have it documented so you know how the business operates. And the next thing that that kind of um, rolls into is training. So one of the ways to scale your business is to replace yourself, right? It's very difficult to sell a business if the business is entirely dependent on the owner. There's really no way to get the owner out. So you want to be building, uh, building value in your business by providing value to your clients and making yourself replaceable and training people to take over the things that you do the things that other people on your team do, training is a huge part of making sure you've uh, you've got that next piece rolling and, and you're building the value. We're talking with Kylie Peters about building the value of the business. So then we have options when it's time to exit. And you talked about operational infrastructure and documenting what we know and training others. But I know you've got more ways to build value while we're getting ready for an exit. 
For sure. Diversification of revenue. If you have, say you have a, you know, a service-based business and you have one client that's worth 30% of your revenue, that's very scary to a buyer, right? So it would be much better to have, you know, 20 different clients that are all a bit smaller, but that way you lose one of them. It's not going to take down the business, right? So diversification of revenue can mean diversification of clients. It can also mean diversification of revenue streams. So again, we're always looking to recession-proof our businesses at any point in time. Having that diversification of revenue streams, diversification of client base, always really helpful. And the last thing I'll toss out there for right now is uh, make sure you have a sales process that isn't entirely dependent on you, the owner, so that if a potential new buyer is trying to see what what their potential future and their potential revenue might look like, they have a process that can continue without you. So they've got a pipeline that you've been keeping warm. They've got a process that they can repeat. And if you're to be removed from the business, the business can still continue and be successful. It takes some purposeful action to do this because it seems like every single step is getting you out of the business when you're thinking about exit planning. And I don't think a lot of us want ourselves out of the business, but every step seemed to be less of you, less of you, less of you. Do people resist that when you get them to try and do this? The first few years of our business, we're working so hard to build the business, build the business, build the business. And then I think it's fair to say uh, you get into the business, you're running the business. And at a certain point, you're sick of the business. And then you're like, I don't want to do <laughs> these things anymore. And honestly, that becomes a big a, a big motivator for people to exit, right? Like they're just done. They're on to something else. We, we are people, we change, right? Um, but that's one of the greatest things that you can do for yourself as an owner especially if you like options. I like buffets. I like options, you know? Um, <laughs> so if you want to give yourself options and you want to think about an exit someday, make yourself replaceable. That's the greatest thing you can do to add value to your business. I love buffets. And I love that we're talking about buffets and pies. And maybe <laughs> we should have had lunch before you came on the show. Uh, let me ask one last question before we run out of time. You talked about diversification of revenue, which may be varied clients or varied streams. Mm -hmm. How do you get into varied streams of revenue without chasing shiny objects and keeping, you know, taking your eye off the ball? Because I've seen people start something new and ruin their entire business under the idea that they're diversifying. So how do you do that the right way? Oh, Pat, great question. Um, (laughs) I would say really hone in on the core of your business and build different revenue streams based off of the core idea. So not launching completely new, completely new initiatives, right? I mean, if it makes sense, maybe, but generally speaking, stick to the core of your business and you want to be um, tweaking like one thing, right? So if it's, if you have, say, a core methodology and you're delivering it in person, can you deliver it online? Can you deliver it in a boot camp? Can you deliver it in a workshop? It's the same content but you're changing the way that it's being delivered. Just one example in terms of how to take your your core offering and diversify it so that it can reach the same audience in different ways. Such a great thing to talk about and to think about and be proactive about. So that way, when it's time for your business to end, you have an option that you love. Kylie Peters, founder and small business strategist for Rain 9 Always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on The Pat Miller Show. Thanks for having me, Pat. We're out of time for this edition of The Pat Miller Show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you right here next week. 
Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on The Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.